0: Is there not an entire section on this subject? Okay. Yes, but I may have changed my
1: mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is your is your book for sale? About it? Yes. Sir. Let me tell you. 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 What have
0: you ever asked
1: God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. like This is my vibe. What got something to say. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Let Me Tell You Episode 78. I am your host, the Evangelical Norm. So uh, back in the news this week is John MacArthur. Uh uh, again, the California uh, court system put out an injunction against uh, Grace Community Church uh, saying they could not have indoor services. And today came and the church met anyway. So, uh, good on John MacArthur. Uh, not that there was a, a whole lot of doubt of whether or not they were going to come together and meet. Um, you know, he's kind of, at this point, he's he's the forefront there in California of churches saying we're pushing back now. We are demanding that we have our constitutional right to do, to gather together, to meet together as the church. You as the government cannot put a stop to it. We don't fall under the auspices of the health department and, and things like that. So they met, I wanted, I did want to play... Uh, the just a a short clip from uh, the beginning of the service today where he gets up and John reads a list of uh, requirements that the California state had given to them and they said all right no we are not going to comply with this so we'll go ahead and jump in and then we'll kind of discuss it as he goes along so here we go Now, mind you, again, this is not the typical way that the church services at, at Grace Community uh, happen. Uh, the last few weeks, John has gotten standing ovations as they've begun their services. But I mean, like any other service, John comes up. It, it is not to applause. It is he is he's there as a pastor, and I'm sure that once this is is said and done, and things go back to whatever normal looks like when things go back, uh, they will get back. This will not be, you know, the standing ovation every time he get, comes up. But again, this is a huge deal. The fact that, that John is, is not backing down to the demands of the California government um, and continuing to meet as a body, there is, there, it, it does warrant some applause uh, at this point. I'm sure that it will get back. This is this is not going to be a, a weekly thing of the standing ovation. It may be for a little while as as the as this fight continues on between uh, John MacArthur and the state of California, uh, and and we'll see what happens today. As uh, you know, is, is there going to be fines? Are there going to be arrests? What's going to happen? But so. Of course, here's the standing ovation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you. you people are out of control. Wow, oh, thank you. Are you happy to be at church? Before we begin, um, the question has come up a number of times about why Grace Church does not just comply with um, the orders that have been laid down for churches. And I, I thought it might be helpful to give you the list of things that are required of us as a church so that you understand how utterly impossible that would be. Um, Here are the basic orders. No indoor meetings at all. Pre-registration of every person who comes onto church property. People only allowed on church property for scheduled events. Every person who comes on the property is to be screened and have their temperature taken at the entry.
1: So, so that whole scheduled events thing, that means that somebody can't come in and, and say, I need to talk to a pastor. They can't, they can't show up on Tuesday afternoon and is Pastor John in his office is one of the other pastors, one of the other elders for the church in their office. We, I need counsel. Based on this list of requirements, somebody could not do that. You can only come on for scheduled events.
0: We all must maintain six feet of social distance at all times, everywhere, including the parking lot and the restrooms. (laughs) Every other parking space must be left vacant, (laughs) marked pathways to maintain social distance, keeping people apart, monitored by staff monitors. Everyone always wearing a mask, Restroom monitors to control six feet social distancing at restrooms. Tape on the ground marking distance. Signs indicating these mandates and also full exposure on social media. Restrooms are to be used during the service to minimize the rush. That would be interesting. (laughs) No hymn books, no communion no offering containers no pew bibles no singing no hugging no shaking hands
1: at this point you do not have church to even to even imagine that anybody would have any government official any government agency would have the gall to tell a church you can't sing. You can't have communion. you I mean, completely, totally overstepping the bounds of what constitutional authority those, uh, those agencies have. Completely obliterating anything that, that resembles a separation of church and state. And understand, remember, the separation of church and state, the Establishment Clause, and so on... Uh, is was there to keep the government out of the church, not to keep the church out of the government, not to keep, keep Christians out of government, but to keep the government's fingers out of trying to run the church, which is exactly what the state of California is doing right now. I, I seriously hope. I mean, I know that, again, Christians aren't supposed to sue each other or so on, and but I hope there is... Some kind of a lawsuit against the state constitutionally to say that, that to, to at least establish a precedence that you as the government cannot do this. You can't. You are completely overstepping your bounds. You are out of order. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. To even think that a government agency or any government official would think that they could do this and make these kind of mandates.
0: Disposable seat covers changed between services, <laughs> and the services have to be shortened. That's not a problem to me, right? <laughs> and based upon the separation, we could only meet in the tent with a maximum of 350 to 400 people.
1: This is a church of over 5,000, I believe. I mean, you are, you are chopping this down by more than 10, by more than 90%.
0: You can see that these are the requirements that would completely shut the church down. Anybody who comes in contact with someone outside their family for more than 15 minutes must self-quarantine for two weeks. Obviously, this is not constitutional, but more importantly, it goes against the will of the Lord of the Church. Amen. He calls us together. Amen. Amen.
1: So there you go. There's the uh, the requirements that the state of California put on John MacArthur and the church there, Grace Community Church. And it, it again, I think I've made my my opinion clear. Um, and and again, it go, th- This goes beyond opinion. This is this is a constitutional. Uh, issue that the government is is completely and it's not my opinion it's fact that the government in the state of california is completely overstepping their constitutional authority in trying to shut these churches down churches are, are are above this kind of a mandate they 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 exist now you can make recommendations and if the church elders want to vote and and take it up on that but again, Congress shall make no law regarding the freedom of religion and, and the free expression thereof. It's pretty, pretty uh, self-explanatory there. I'm not saying, you know, churches are above the law or whatever. You know, again, but in, in this case, they, they are outside of the purview of the government's ability to shut it down. And that's that's just constitutional fact. And so, yeah, again, we'll see tomorrow. We'll see or today, as this as this podcast comes out Monday morning, we'll see what the state of California decides to do, and and how far they're going to take this and try to enforce this. And then we'll see what kind of pushback and what kind of legal action is taken on behalf of uh, John MacArthur and Grace Community Church. I would be uh, I don't know. At this point I nothing surprises me anymore. I, but I would say I would be surprised to see John MacArthur in, in handcuffs, but I I'm, I'm at this point I'm almost expecting it. And that's going to be the best visual that can be put out there is a video of, of police officers or somebody coming in trying to enforce this unconstitutional garbage and put John MacArthur in handcuffs and then plaster that all over cable news. Let CNN run that story for a little while and see what it does for, for Trump votes. Right? And on that note, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that whole thing. Another thing that, that John MacArthur... Uh, this last week talked about was whether or not you can as a christian vote for a democrat and so he made his statement basically summarized that, that he didn't feel that that christians uh could vote democrat you can't vote democrat and and maintain calling yourself a christian well that uh... led to a two and a half two hour and forty seven minute episode of Cross-Examine's podcast, Season 3, Episode 1, the longest uh, podcast they've done thus far. Um, excuse me. So again, Cross-Examine is is probably my favorite podcast to listen to at this point. I love Kurt Kennedy. Um, I love Stracht. Uh to, to have those two go... I mean, I loved it when it was, was Kurt and, uh, and Tone Stallone. I mean, I was... I loved it then. I thought it was really good then. I miss Tone Stallone. Um, I wish he would get do some kind of a podcast or anything. I would absolutely listen. I mean, he's he's taking his presence off of Facebook and everything else. Seriously, I, I do miss that dude. Um, I, I I aligned with him in a lot of things, but I love listening to Kurt. And we don't agree on everything, um, but uh, I, you know, again, I I think if I were to make a, a ranking of, of opinions that I respect, um, and places that I would go to, especially on a, a thing like this and really seek counsel besides my own pastor, Brian Sovey, I, I would say Kurt, uh, Kurt Allen, which is his real name. Kurt Kennedy is his, his, uh, his stage name, uh, rap name, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, he would be, he would be top three. You know of of opinions that I would seek out on on situations like this or you know BLM any of that stuff. I mean, I've I've been engaged with them uh, in his church on the the dear God, uh, uh, what do you what would you call those discussions that happened for for a few months, and I'm kind of bummed that those went away too. Uh, but so again. So listening to to Kurt and Strack and just kind of chop this whole thing up, a lot of setup. I mean, literally, it felt like the first two hours were just set up, talking about John MacArthur, Wayne Grudem, both of who uh, John MacArthur was more about how can you vote Democrat and be um, a Christian Wayne Grudem was on, uh, Allie Stuckey. I can't remember the, I don't know the name of her podcast. My wife listens to it. I don't, um, she, I, I meant to listen to the Wayne Grudem episode and probably will, um, in the next little bit, but, um, his was more can Christians and why should Christians vote for Trump? And I'm going to talk a little bit about both of those things here for a little bit, but what I do want to look at, um, yeah, you know, it felt to me again. So John MacArthur talked a little bit about mainly kind of the platform, the Democrat platform, and how as Christians can we reconcile voting for a Democrat when we know what their platform is. Um, and it, it did feel like, and I didn't, I didn't hear. The entirety of the um, interview or whatever, wherever, I don't even remember. I think he was on Fox News talking about it. And so, but I do kind of agree with Kurt on where it kind of went that I do believe that it kind of had a, a feel of saying, if you're willing to vote Democrat, you're not saved. I mean, to make a statement, you can't be Christian and vote Democrat. What you're saying is anybody who does vote for a Democrat is not truly a Christian and is not saved. And I I don't know that I would uh, be willing to hang anybody's salvation on what lever they pull in the voting booth. Now, what I did, I I posted a meme and I, I was like, can a Christian vote for a Democrat? Sure. They have the ability, but you got a whole lot of explaining to do, Lucy. Lucy you got a whole lot of explaining to do right uh, and so but then again and so Kurt came back and, and put up a picture of of Trump holding an LGBT for Trump flag uh, rainbow flag and, and so on and so in reality and I've, I maintained this from in 2016 through the primaries and through the general election because I did not vote for Trump that as a Christian Voting for Trump, you also got a lot of explaining to do. Right. And so uh, to kind of look at the. And so now as we're getting into individual persons. So when you're talking about Trump, now we've got to look at his own personal issues. If we're talking about Christianity and voting Democrat Republican, what we want to look at is platform versus platform. And that's where I was kind of looking at this. And so if we. You know to see that the definite differences between these two parties and why as a Christian it's so much easier to align with the Republican platform than it is with the Democratic platform so this is where I would say it is I would say it is got to be very hard for a Christian to place their vote behind the Democratic platform now I mean whether or not you think there are other issues, welfare, labor unions, whatever it is that over, that overshadow these other things. But again, and this is, this is my opinion, uh, based on my firm beliefs and my moral standards, according to scripture and so on. um, I don't see how you can put anything above the life issue, the marriage issue and religious freedom. But, if you as a Christian, as a Democrat can somehow come to that uh, conclusion and ability, I'm not going to say you're not saved, but I'm going to say you may seriously have some repenting to do of, of putting your voice behind uh, those who would murder children and destroy um, biblical marriage. But then what what we what happens is, again, we can go platform for platform, party for party and make things a little uh, and look at things on that level. But then it comes down to you have to actually vote for an individual person. And that makes things a little different, because, again, if we look at Trump and we look at what the Republican platform says, he doesn't fall into lockstep with everything in that Republican platform. Case in point, marriage and LGBTQ issues. He is uh, far more liberal in those uh, situations than any other Republican would at least profess to be. Again, when we, when we break it down, we look at these things on paper, and then we look at what the reality is. The Democrats stay far more true to their platform than... Than Republicans do because we see Republicans. I mean, Greg Abbott in, in Texas made a, the, made a promise to, um, to Dusty Thomas sons and uh, Rusty Thomas. And uh, why can I not remember his son's name? I, I, now I'm just ashamed. Um, I want to say it's Isaiah or I can't remember, man. Uh, but so his son who, who died of, of cancer, who made a, a plea to the governor to, to ban, abolish abortion in the state of Texas, to make it illegal. And, and Abbott, Republican hero, came and, and said, I will do what I can do, and then turned back on that promise, completely turned, turned his back on that promise. So again, not every Republican lines up in lockstep with the Republican Party platform. So, again, now as a Christian, you really, and it's why I, I have not voted for Trump. It's why that no matter what Wayne Grudem says or John MacArthur says or my buddies over at politics or my friends down at Apologia or my own pastor or so on, nothing that they say has been able to convince me to put my vote behind this man who has said, as you heard in the introduction to this podcast, that he doesn't think in the manner of repentance. This is a man who claim has claimed to be Christian but also says I've I've never repented. And the two can't go hand in hand. Now, if he would just come out and say I'm not a Christian, it would be easier for me to vote for him. But if he's going to claim to be Christian and then not walk in 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 compliance with what Christianity is, then then I've got to look at him as a liar. And someone that I cannot trust. And that's been proven to be true. You know, he's a serial adulterer and is proud of it. That the comments that were made on the entertainment tonight, Hot Mike, was the main thing that said, I mean, because again, when we go back and look at those things that he said, either it's locker room talk, which... I would, I would punish his, any son that I had. If I found out he was talking that way in the locker room, I would punish him for those things. Because it's, it's, just, it's, un, it's just not right. It, it, it is inappropriate conversation no matter what. And to, to, to lie about something like that would be sick. And if it's true that he did those things, to like grab him by the hoo-ha and, and so on... Then this is a man that has admitted that he is guilty of sexual assault. So again, there are serious reasons why as a Christian, I've not given my vote to Donald Trump, but I can't give my vote to, to, to Biden either because of the Democrat platform. So I find myself in the place of Vicini in the battle of the wits to say, you know, uh, I clearly cannot, place my give my vote to the Republican in front of you um, but also clearly can I not give my vote to the Democrat in front of me so again I find myself in a place where I found myself in the past in in, uh, 1992 the first time I voted for a presidential candidate I didn't vote I did not like Bush I did not like Clinton I didn't like Perot. And so I voted for the first time, the first time I ever voted for a presidential candidate, I wrote in my NCOIC in 67th Combat Support Hospital, Staff Sergeant Thomas Butler. And maybe he was a Sergeant First Class at the time. I don't remember if he had been promoted to D 7 yet or not. But I wrote wrote in my candidate there. Um, 98, who did I vote for? Um... I don't remember who I don't think I voted or 96. I don't think I voted in 96 for some reason. 2000 voted for Bush. 2008 voted for Bush. 2012 voted for McCain. 2016 or 2008. I don't remember. 2000 voted for Bush. 2004 voted for Bush. 2008 voted for McCain. 2012, amazingly enough, I voted for Romney. 2016, I wrote in my friend Chris Jones because I couldn't vote for Trump. I can't and likely not going to either. And I, I actually made a comment that, um, to Kurt Allen on, on the cross-examine page, I, I'm going to write him in. He's going to be my write-in vote this year and stracked as, as VP cross-examine 2020 is my presidential vote. So there you go, guys. I, you know, you, I, really as Christians, we have to stop and examine your vote is your vote and you have to reconcile that with your Christian belief. And if somehow you can reconcile that you can vote Democrat as a Christian, okay, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, but I'm going to say, you really have to be able to explain to me. Same thing with a Christian who votes for Trump. I was willing to, sorry, my nose is really itching. Um, I was willing to accept for the reasoning uh, for voting for Trump as Hillary was just that bad. Okay, I get it. I get it. You know, to cast your vote for Trump because Hillary, but personally, I could not do that. I live in Utah. So the fact that I abstained from voting for a Republican really didn't make much of a difference because they uh, the likelihood of a democrat winning the presidential election in utah that they would ever flip utah blue is astronomical i have better opportunity i have better chances of winning the lottery 6 times in a row right so it really wasn't a big deal but personally and my own personal convictions i could not vote for trump and likely will not vote for trump again and i'll deal with the consequences of that However they shake out. But that is my religious conviction. My Christian conviction is that I can't vote for a Democrat ever. You, I will never. Well, I shouldn't say never, but they're going to have to be a real right-leaning Democrat for me to place my vote behind them. And I cannot vote for Trump. And I, I, I examine the Republican candidate. I've never just voted down-the-line party affiliation and right now I'm not affiliated I'm not a Republican as soon as they nominated Donald Trump literally the night of the 2016 convention when they gave the the nomination to Donald Trump at that moment I went online and I changed my affiliation from Republican to unaffiliated because I cannot be part of a party that would give that man the uh, the nomination and he hasn't done all bad. I give him credit for the good things that he's done. But still, I have to look at everything when I make a decision to place my vote. And I can't give my vote to Trump. And that's all there is to it. So I hope this was helpful to you guys. It was nice for me to just kind of get it off my chest and kind of piggyback off of what uh, the guys over at cross Examine were talking about. So as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria. Thank mm-hmm. you.